0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. We've got divisional playoff games to break down today. We're making our picks. Look at all the angles of Saturday and Sunday games. Rams Packers, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, and Buccaneers saints but matt there is some other news around the league and dominoes are starting to fall with head coaches so we've got to start there and cover the latest and then we'll get into those games this weekend at bd peacock on twitter is where you can find me matt williamson at williamson nfl and it was looking like it was heading in this direction but it has become official urban meyer is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Matt, I want to start this off actually by playing a little clip from our guy, Tony Wiggins, who is the host of Locked on Jaguars. And uh, it's a pretty darn decision for that franchise, obviously, who hold the number one pick in the NFL draft right now. And uh, maybe even more impactful for those folks close to Jacksonville than we even realize. Here is Wiggins from Locked on Jags this morning.
0: Here's my instant reaction to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Signing Urban Meyer to a contract to become head coach here in Jacksonville. Instant credibility for the franchise. What it means is you have a proven winner who knows how to build a program. You have someone who will provide instant credibility to this franchise from a national perspective. And then believability for the fans on a local perspective. Urban Meyer has a proven track record of knowing how to put things, big things, knowing how to put those big things together. I thought the Jaguars needed a CEO. I thought they needed a leader. And I thought they needed someone just like Urban Meyer, who's run a big enterprise and who's very myopic about what he wants to do. And all the little things down to nutrition, down to strength and conditioning. From what I've heard, what he wants to do is have improvements in the facilities. All of these things will matter as Urban Meyer takes the helm as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think it's huge. Maybe the biggest turnaround moment for this franchise in its history. Ooh, okay. He
1: kind of grew and grew there. And and obviously, uh, they are pumped. And and he's a big name, CEO of the entire enterprise, as Wiggs said there. At the very end there was a huge statement, maybe the biggest decision in franchise history.
2: I think the biggest impact in franchise history is going to happen in April when the young man from Clemson Mm -hmm. puts on the Jags hat for the first time. But I really liked what Wiggins had to say here. And it's a lot of things I've heard about Meyer as well. You know, he talked about detail-oriented, building a program, um, overseeing every step of the program. And it reminds me of Belichick, you know, the nutrition, the weight program, the way the toilets are scrubbed. You know, I mean, I, I think that every step of it will be Urban Meyer's fingerprint. And in this particular instance, I think it works better, too, for a college guy because, They are so young, you know, and they're going to add a lot of draft picks, starting with Lawrence, but not ending with him. Over these next two years, they have a a wealth of picks. So I don't think they're going to be out there signing 10-year veteran guards and safeties that have been around the block that don't want to hear Meyer's message. I think they're just going to build with youth. And I've heard Daniel Jeremiah often compare him to Jimmy Johnson taking over the Cowboys. You know, all those picks they got and everybody growing up together in a college-like environment. I think that's the approach.
1: Yeah, they just need to get their triplets. Make sure you get quarterback right. And actually, to your point (laughs) there, Urban Meyer today uh, in his press conference talking about the number one pick in the 2021 draft said, quote, who we pick at that quarterback position. That's going to be the most important decision in my lifetime. Wow. So a lot of big words spoken by the host of Locked on Jaguars and Urban Meyer himself, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got some other coaches to cover and some other hires here. So moving to the New York Jets, who have their man now, Robert Sala. I don't know what the holdup was. Was he waiting for the Jacksonville job? Was he waiting to see if if money got upped? Did he just have to go home and talk to his family about moving to New York? But uh, after a brief gap, after he had his second interview, it has been announced that Robert Sala has become the next head coach of the New York Jets. He will be taking passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur with him from the San Francisco 49ers. They've had a long relationship there because Sala is best friends with Mike's brother, Matt LaFleur. And they've been Mm. coaching together from back in the college days together. And Matt LaFleur tried to take his little brother from the 49ers. But since he wasn't going to be a play caller, Kyle Shanahan blocked that when uh, Matt LaFleur became head coach of the Green Bay Packers. But now he can't block him to go with Robert Sala because he actually gets to be the pure play caller and run the entire offense for Sala uh, with the New York Jets so they got a little 49ers East going on there in New York
2: yeah we've talked a lot about Sala and this makes a lot of sense brings a lot of energy and leadership to a team that desperately needs it toughness you know I think that'll be a key component here too knowing who their GM is I think toughness and physicality in the trenches is going to be uh, preached and you can start with Quinn and Williams and Makai Becton and I'm sure they'll add to that drastically um, I want to focus more on the Lafleur thing, though. I mean, you laid that out well. It's going to be pretty clear that it's going to be a Shanahan system. Um, a lot of you know zone blocking, and maybe they go get a tight end or run after the catch guys. And my hunch is Darnold's going to be the guy. I feel stronger and stronger that that second pick will not be a quarterback. It'll be pieces around Darnold and trench players. So, or maybe a trade down, but. No, I think this is a good pickup. And we mentioned it, I mentioned it before with whoever does sign Sala. I want to know who his play caller quarterback guy is. And it looks like he brought in a good one.
1: I don't know. I might disagree about the number two overall pick. Uh, Yeah. I know Sala for sure is going to want to build things similarly to the way they did in San Francisco. And that starts with the defensive line. That player's not really there, though with no, the number two not. pick in this draft. So if you do go Darnold, maybe you trade down, and then there's a Gregory Rousseau or someone like that, and you're collecting more and more picks, I think they need the impact of that number two pick. And uh, I think Zach Wilson's a pretty darn good fit for a Shanahan style offense. I think maybe you go there. You just have to in this draft with, with who's going to be there on the board at number two, if you stick it to trade Darnold uh, and maybe try to, you know, poach some free agents from the 49ers and other places, because I mean, and I like what's going on with the jets. I think they have a leader of men. I think they're going to improve culture. I think they have a chance to improve offensively, defensively, scheme wise. I love the GM and Joe Douglas there. Add some more players. And uh, I think they've got a pretty good setup going into the future. I think stock up big time for the jets.
2: Yeah, and they're another team that has a wealth of picks and they're going to have cap space. A lot of teams won't. It might be a good bargain time to add some linemen and build that culture.
1: A couple of other hires. The Panthers look like they're going to hire Seahawks front office person Scott Fitterer to be their GM. And according to reports, the Atlanta Falcons have offered their head coaching job to Arthur Smith coming over from the Tennessee Titans. That deal is not quite for sure but once it gets to this point usually that means that they're just uh you know trying to figure out the dollars and make that contract official. What are your thoughts on the 38-year-old Arthur Smith in Atlanta?
2: I love it. I think it's a really good fit. I think he's a great offensive mind. People rave about how bright he is, his leadership skills. And don't quote me on this, but do you know who Arthur Smith's dad is? Uh um,
1: sounds like you don't. Arthur Smith Sr.
2: It might be. I don't know (laughs) what Mr. Smith's first name is, (laughs) but he I'm almost positive he's the CEO at FedEx or some monster company. I mean, he's like in charge of one of the biggest companies in the world. I think it's FedEx. I probably should have looked into that. But it's kind of like growing up as a coach's kid. You know, you come to the you sit at the dinner table every day with dad and he's talking about global problems and things like that. You know, I mean, like if you're gonna run an organization. I think that's a pretty good guy to learn from and, you know, be your father I was a CEO of a massive, you know, Fortune 500 company.
1: Oh, how about that fit then at pick four? If Zach Wilson is still on the board, you get a couple of uh, uh, people who came up in the in the CEO landscape because uh, Zach Wilson's uh, is it grandfather or uncle or something like that was the founder of JetBlue.
2: Yes, I heard that right.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, Arthur Smith, I mean, he's done a number with, with Ryan Tannehill and that Titans offense. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good hire And and we'll see a lot of very young coaches out there, man. Uh, head coaches tend to take a while to, to put that resume together. And I mean, we're just seeing guys in their thirties, guys that are younger than me, which freaks me out sometimes guys that are younger than some quarterbacks that are going to be playing this weekend, getting head coaching gigs around the NFL.
2: I had to do a quick search. Smith's father is FedEx founder Frederick W. Smith.
1: Frederick founded w. FedEx. Okay, founded for it. him.
2: Wow, that's
1: crazy. They're doing okay. all right. Yeah, doing okay. But, for But himself, I like the
2: football but. part of Arthur too.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh. And yeah, he's been around big ideas for his entire life, and maybe he's got that CEO blood, so he'll have that cut out for him to run the organization of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, If that deal does, in fact, get done. All right, let's talk playoff football divisional round, Matt, coming up next. Starting to realize that there's no bad time to enjoy a built bar. It's how I started my day today. Did not have a lot of time before I had to hit record and get working. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal, maybe. You can't do much better than a low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber snack that tastes awesome and to make it better I'll tell you how you can get 20% off built bars are great for the health conscious folks out there Uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar these bars are low calorie low in sugar but high in protein high in fiber and even great for a keto diet that peanut butter flavor 19 grams of protein only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's start Saturday first game, and we've got the Los Angeles Rams traveling to The Green Bay Packers. Packers had that first round bye. Just kicking it. Wait to find out who they will face at home. Looking like 32 degrees. Uh, Could be cold. Maybe if that snow it's supposed to rain. I believe Thursday, snow Friday, but just be cold Saturday and not have weather. But that weather could sneak into the weekend. And I I think that would just benefit the Packers even more. And uh, the Packers are obviously favored for a reason. And they are six and a half point favorites in this game.
2: And without question, weather favors Rodgers over Goff, who's a California kid with small hands and a broken thumb. You know, like, that doesn't sound yeah. great. I'm picking the Rams here in an upset special. Not, I mean, I'll take the Ooh. points. I think it's up to seven. I've seen six and a half. And we talked about that with Chris yesterday. I think that I'm, I'm putting a buck or two on the money line, considering that the payoff's a lot better. Um, I just think it's going to be a lot of acres against the undisciplined Packers defense that I don't trust, you know, to be, you know, um, buttoned up and not take chances. And really, this is just a lot of faith in McVay and especially the whole defensive staff and Donald and Ramsey versus Adams. And not like he'll follow him around, but I think they're going to slow Rodgers down and this will be a low scoring game. So with the points involved, I'll definitely take the Rams, but I'm, I'm going to take the Rams to keep this thing very close in the end i got the rams 20 the packers 17
1: can the rams keep it going on defense and brandon staley's scheme limit aaron rodgers at home in green bay is so. a big one um and and one more note on the weather here because obviously they're a los angeles team some of these players probably haven't been in cold weather for since last winter because obviously they're they're playing their home games in la never really gets below 60 degrees there and their away games were at Arizona, at Tampa, um, at Miami. So they, like they literally have not seen I mean, bad wow. weather, some of these guys, probably for a long time. So that might be a little bit of shock for them unless uh, in the offseason they went skiing or something like that. But um, th- this game for me is that Rams offense and Jared Goff. Because even if you limit Aaron Rodgers, they're going to put some points on the board. Can Goff make a throw or two? Because they're obviously not going to lean on his arm in this scenario with everything we know about the weather and Goff's thumb and the run defense for the Packers is where you're going to try to attack that thing. Can that green Bay defense, like we, we saw last offseason, how it ended for them in the NFC championship game. And we've seen that run defense for the Packers be a little bit soft at times. I think it was improved oh, yeah. this year, but they're that's where they can be beaten. So Rams are going to try to do that. The Packers know that they're going to try to do that. Can they stop cam Akers? Can they stop? The Rams running game. I envision them saying, go ahead, Jared Goff, beat us. I think it bodes well for Green Bay at home. Betting wise, the smart money is on the Rams. And and that's where I will go with my dollars betting on this game with that 6.5 point line, according to betonline.ag. But winning the game, I can't pick an upset special here. I think the, the Packers should win this game. So uh, Green Bay straight up. Rams with the points
2: there's a very good chance that on Monday when we reconvene I'll be like boy I was dumb Aaron Rodgers is awesome and he figured it out and owned the fourth quarter you know like that absolutely could happen but Whitworth is back Bakhtiari's out Donald's gonna play I think Rodgers will be under a lot of pressure
1: getting really psyched for some of these games actually the more we talk about them which usually happens on Friday with these shows let's move on to the other Saturday game the evening game which could be very chilly in Buffalo with the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Bills and the home Bills favored by two and a half.
2: This is another one I think is an absolute coin flip game. So for the betting world, I'm going to take the Ravens because they're a dog. And I may even just pick the money line because the payoff's better, you know. And But if you're going to give me a couple points and what I think is going to be a super high scoring game, two very well-coached teams, two extremely dynamic but different quarterbacks. I just think there's so many matchups. I could spend an entire podcast talking about this game. I mean, like, you know, like when the Bills have the ball, they're going to come out in four wide and a tight end and not even have a running back on the field. But the Ravens have the corners to handle that. You know, they're going to blitz him like crazy and play a ton of man coverage. His numbers versus blitz and man coverage are really, really good but they're going to blitz him like he's never been blitzed before and he's going to get hit and then big stage. And is he going to tighten up or is he going to, uh, you know, fight through it and make big plays, you know, digs versus Humphrey a lot. There's just so much to like here. And then you look at like the same on the other side, the bills, D's coming around, but I still don't think they stopped the run very well. And they, they're very hesitant to put extra defenders in the box, but this is a totally different beast they're facing. You know, I mean, they run on everybody i like the the momentum baltimore has right now both these teams are good on special teams i think this is a total coin flip and the winner of this game might win it all
1: i gotta stick with the bills once i started becoming a, a bill Ever. uh ah, i well yeah i uh i can't jump off now i really love what's going on with the buffalo bills right now across the board defense improved uh josh allen is playing at a stupid level and i know yesterday chris was talking about the last time these teams met but to me Josh Allen is a different human being. He is a different oh, quarterback yeah. than he saw. And I know a lot of people uh, in Buffalo are mad at pundits and analysts and fans and people that thought Josh Allen wasn't good. But um, and, and there's there's have you seen the apology letter that's going around? I think they no. sent it to the pro football focus guys who are really down on Josh Allen for a while. And essentially it's like uh, it's like I, a, I
2: need to sign that one, too. By yeah, the way. it's
1: an apology letter. But the, the reasons on this apology letter of why people got Josh Allen wrong the the reasons aren't correct because people didn't have Josh Allen wrong people had Josh Allen right he was bad but he got better he improved right, and right. that's what blows me away with this like the evaluations were correct he was uh i mean he was just a wild beast with with a ton of arm strength and athleticism but he was missing throws he was inaccurate uh he wasn't playing great in structure and getting the ball out on time and accurately and anticipation—that's all changed. Like he has improved so much. And Brian Dable, that's why he's interviewing for head coach jobs. Uh, I've been super impressed with the mental toughness from Josh Allen to be bad and improve and not let that uh, beat him down, right? So uh, overcoming all of that and improving and developing, Josh Allen is a very different guy. And that's why I see this game so going so much differently than when these teams have faced in the past, even though they had the two same quarterbacks on the field. So uh, since it's two and a half, and I think the Bills can win this by a field goal at home. Give me the Buffalo Bills advancing.
2: I hope we don't hear on Monday, and I fear we do, that whoever loses this game can't win the big one. He's a choker. Yeah, you know, like especially Baltimore,
1: especially Baltimore. Right. And, and Lamar Jackson. So- I mean, that is going to be that, that's going to be it until he probably wins the title.
2: Right. I mean, he won his first playoff game last week, but no one's saying, oh, he's over the, you know, Yeah, these young quarterbacks like don't write the book on him. They both are having extremely impressive careers thus far.
1: Absolutely. Uh, A couple of quick notes here before we move on with the Rams that I didn't mention earlier. So Brad Holmes, the the Rams college scouting director, going to be the, the GM in Detroit. We talked about that yesterday. Are they just waiting for Brandon Staley to be done to hire him as the head coach? Is that the connection there with the, the Rams connection with GM and defensive coordinator becoming the Detroit Lions next head coach, you think?
2: Wow. Wouldn't be such a bad move. I mean, I mean, I hesitate on some of these super young guys, but. You also don't want them to go somewhere somewhere else and you kick yourself the next 30 years Yeah, you're right. considering them and the only thing we held against them is he's young and that's not his fault, you know? Yeah, the, Maybe. The, yeah, it could be.
1: The Joe Brady and Brandon Staley ones are interesting. One-year coordinators, but I've thought of so well at, at high levels and in, in getting interviewed. And I wonder, you know, you'd rather hire those guys a year too soon than, than wait a year and then they get hired somewhere else and they're Missing. amazing yeah. if, you, if you are a believer there. But who knows? Right. I mean, and like young, young too, so... Are they a leader of men? And we talked about Arthur Smith only being 38. Sala, I think, is right at about 40 years old, 41 maybe. And these, like, you get, it's hard if you're 30 years old and there's players older than you in the locker room to roll in and be, uh, you know, a figure like Urban Meyer might be to a rookie when he walks in the room in Jacksonville.
2: No, oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely something that's a, a real obstacle for these young guys. But we've also seen a handful of them go on to have really long careers and make the franchise their own, and, I mean, it's obviously very early, but is that Joe Judge is, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think of guys Mm -hmm. last year that fit that mold. I mean, Joe Judge came out of nowhere. He was young, and the Giants are playing better by the end, you know. I mean, it's going to be a tough task for anybody, but if if you sit down with this guy, and I don't really care his age, and he blows my doors off and say, that's the guy I want on all the billboards, that's the guy I want running my company, you got to hire him.
1: Let's move on to Sunday's games next. We've got Browns, Chiefs, and Buccaneers, Saints next. A lot of head coaches getting hired around the league, and you can find those lines at betonline.ag. Tons of great futures, Super Bowl, NFL Draft. Where will Deshaun Watson's next team be? They like the Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Bears, Colts, 49ers. In that order, if... Indeed, Deshaun Watson is to be traded. NHL now underway for the regular season. NBA in full swing. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. By the way, the lines are already out for next year's NCAA football championship game in 2022. Not surprisingly, Alabama is the favorite. Clemson, Number two, four to one odds with Georgia, Ohio State, the usual suspects there in college football. Can there be a Cinderella? I'm seeing Iowa State up there. Maybe Cincinnati at 66 to one. Will Desmond Ritter go back to school? Kind of like that one, Cincinnati. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts couple more thoughts matt that just keep rattling through my brain with some subjects we were talking about earlier and and we've i've been saying man i hope that with urban meyer being hired in jacksonville we have some fun and some shake up at the top with the number one overall pick but hearing meyer's comments and and knowing that there wasn't really that strong of a connection with urban meyer and justin fields because he was on his way out as justin fields was on his way in i know there's some recruiting going on there and i'm sure he Mm -hmm. has you know uh, some Some insight to Justin Fields, but they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Like that's a done done deal. As much fun as I would think it would be, if there was a a shakeup there at the top of the draft, that that position's too important. That decision's too important. Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. I mean, that is there's there's no conversation there, right? No matter what someone comes with with a phone call.
2: See, I think that's part of the deal. If you're Omar, if you're you know Mr. Khan, you just say. Well, I love you, but you're taking Trevor Lawrence. You know, what I mean, <laughs> right. I'm going to make the first decision for you whether you yes. like it or not. Well,
1: I'll take the weight off your shoulders here. We're taking this, right? Thing. Yeah,
2: and and I'll tell the public even before we hire you that you were taking, you know, right?
1: Whatever. Yeah, but, take the phone off the hook, yeah. and once you put the card in, put the phone back on and start talking to trades for your next picks.
2: Yeah, I mean, see if you can deal Minshew for a fifth and mm-hmm. move up, and yeah, you know, but you're taking Trevor Lawrence, and then I'll give you a lot of million dollars, and you can run the, the franchise from there.
1: How about this little nugget really quick before we talk about the uh, Kansas City Chiefs? This is from Field Yates. On this day, 54 years ago, the Packers defeated the Chiefs in Super Bowl One with Bart Starr throwing for 250 nice. yards. And he goes into the stats that happened. So Super Bowl One, Packers-Chiefs. Can we see a rematch of that one? How do you feel about this first game Sunday? Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they're 10-point underdogs going into Kansas City to face the Chiefs
2: was it Chris yesterday or maybe I read this I get my wires crossed because all I do is think about football all day and all these <laughs> different media outlets but someone mentioned to me yesterday that teams that rest starters in week 17 and then have a true bye really struggle I mean it's like you know it's two yes. bye weeks in a row basically I don't remember I the. I don't was remember that? the
1: exact number that was a stat from Chris yesterday oh, Chris. you can go yeah. back to the Thursday episode and he talked about that and Uh, And that's a huge factor here, at least for starting slow. And that's why one of my favorite bets when I was looking at the lines at betonline.ag yesterday, the plus six for the Browns in the first half. I mean, if you like the Browns to cover that 10 points, which is a big swing, especially with starting slow. So the first half number is, you know, over half of that plus 10 for the Browns. So plus six and a half for the first half for Cleveland is probably one of my favorite bets for the weekend.
2: Yeah, and that's where I was going with this is, We saw Mahomes and company start playoff games slow last year. Didn't matter. You know, they came back. But, you know, we know Reed is great after a bye. But if the Browns can start this thing highly competitive and just lean on Nick Chubb to no end, because I don't think the Chiefs run defense is very good at all, they'll be in it. Like, if Nick Chubb's the MVP of this game, they've got a chance. But, I mean, i studied this Browns team for two weeks in a row when they played the Steelers and watched that game a couple times over. And, I mean, Ben dropped back 68 times, and they rarely even pressured him, didn't sack him once. He threw for over 500 yards and a ton of interceptions, don't get me wrong. But those receivers were open all day. And if Ben plays better, he might have thrown for 600 And I just think, I know Denzel Ward's coming back, but the pass rush isn't the same. Olivier Vernon's out. Miles Garrett really hasn't been the same since his COVID situation. And they're back seven. I mean, they're like the worst team in the league against tight ends. Like all these bad passing numbers. That's the worst team in the world to face.
1: If I'm not mistaken, the Cleveland Browns, according to Pro Football Focus, had the highest graded offensive line in the NFL Yes, both run and pass, which is the first time they've ever done that, where the same offensive line graded out number one versus the run and in pass protection. So uh, that's a that's a huge advantage here for the Cleveland Browns because when uh, you have to lean on Chubb and Hunt, and that's going to be a big part of your game plan, then a little play action off that, like they've got to come out and, and hit the Chiefs quickly with that ground game and get a lead and be able to lean on that.
2: Yeah, they have to get a lead. And... I do think the Browns will score points. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I don't respect the Chiefs' defense. So I think the Browns will score points, even if it is in catch-up mode and he gets Stefanski back. I just don't think they score nearly enough. I'm going to lay the 10, but I do think that there's something to what we talked about last week, or yesterday that the public thinks the Chiefs are better than they are with the lines.
1: How about this? Now that I look at it, offensive line grades and rankings from pro football focus, the top three lines are three out of the four teams in the playoffs right now. One Browns, two Packers, three Rams, and the other team, the Chiefs, have the best quarterback in the NFL and one of the better offensive coordinators in the NFL in Andy Reid. And they're not bad themselves uh, up front either. I think they're 11. So they're in the top half of the league, but one, two and three all in the playoffs still in the final four.
2: Who are the three? Browns? Uh,
1: is Browns one, Green Bay Packers two, Los Angeles Rams three. The Rams is a surprising uh, one, actually.
2: Their protection's really good. Well, they're both in good phases, both phases. And th- this final game, I don't know what pro football focus thinks of them. I think both these lines are would, be, would round out the top five for me, New Orleans and Tampa.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's see where they have them. Uh, Saints are eight. And Tampa is five, yeah. So, oh,
2: okay, I yeah, think they're really good groups.
1: Yeah, draft some offensive linemen and sign them like the Browns did. They they spent money on Conklin, then they spent their top ten pick on Jedrick Wills, and uh, that is absolutely paying off for
2: him. Absolutely.
1: Let's move Who on. What you got with the ten? Oh, uh, with yeah, it's so hard. I I've got to take the similar to the Rams Packers game. I've got to pick the Chiefs straight up, but uh, g- give me those ten points with the Browns.
2: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the I'm gonna take the Chiefs minus ten, but. They have not covered lately.
1: Yeah. And I just think, and I just love that stat with uh, with the bye and, and resting players. And anecdotally, I, I can remember that happening multiple times. And, and knowing that there are some numbers behind that makes me feel better. And uh, I think the Chiefs will be there in the end because, it, you know, it's and it's just going to play out that way because it's happened so many times where Patrick Mahomes can just make that big play every single time, and uh, the Chiefs yeah. are a good football team up and down too. So uh, just because they get down, say a touchdown early or to even ten points in the first half, like they can make, they can they can erase that in a blink. But oh, I don't yeah. see them just rolling in from play number one and blowing out the Browns because I, I do like the way the Browns are playing right now, and uh, I just expect a slow a slow start from Kansas City. If I'm betting, I, I on think it.
2: the Browns have to get up heavy. And even if they do, they're not safe.
1: The Chiefs probably will not uh, snap the first ball of the game into the end zone, though, for a Browns touchdown.
2: Probably not. And I'm betting they don't win the turnover differential 5-0. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. Okay, what do we think about 85 combined years of Tom Brady and Drew Brees when the Buccaneers travel to New Orleans, Saints at home, favored by three?
2: Unfortunately, this kind of goes without saying, but a lot of these games, the home field advantage would be so much different in a normal year. Green Bay with fans, Kansas City with fans, Buffalo, New Orleans. But so the Dome part doesn't really matter to me, matter to me on the road. I know that they beat Tampa handily twice, but kind of to your point about Josh Allen being a different quarterback, I think Tampa's in a much better spot now than when they saw each other last. And I keep going back to that late, late week 13 bye for Tampa that I think Tom and Arians and the whole group really started to figure things out then because they've been great ever since. So I'm taking the upset special. I'm taking Tampa to win this game. I do think New Orleans will pressure Tom with four, which is the key. And I think Lattimore seems to own Mike Evans, but AB's stepping up. Godwin's a stud. And I hate to say it, and in a way it's a compliment. I just think Brady's a lot better than Breeze right now.
1: I don't disagree with that. Although I think breeze is looking a lot healthier and, and playing mm-hmm. good enough ball recently and seeing the way the defense is playing on the saints. I still got to take the saints in this one. I think favored by three is the perfect line here. So I don't know if I would wager money on this and, and I could see why people would want to put money on Tampa's side just to get the points because it is kind of a pick them and it's not really going to hurt Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to play in a dome. That's empty. So, um, not the not the home field advantage of usual that the Saints might get at home but uh, I do like both these quarterbacks being able to play in the dome here I like the way that uh the defense for New Orleans matches up against a lot of the weapons that the yeah. Buccaneers have and Mike Evans is banged up and and AB's not who he used to be so you know it's it's not like it's a, an insurmountable task to cover those guys, even though you know, on paper it looks like, man, that's a, that's just a powerhouse offense. It's not quite playing in that direction, even though it's very good and you have an all-time quarterback throwing the ball, which is always great. But I like the way the Saints are playing, being healthy. They have Camaro. They have Michael Thomas back as well to help move the chains, and, and they can run the offense they want to and, and play solid defense. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Saints here by four, so they will narrowly cover that three points. I think, but uh, I don't know if I would actually bet on this one. I think I'm just going to kick up my heels for the last game of the weekend and, and watch this one play out.
2: Watch some Hall of Famers throw it around.
1: Absolutely. Um, for maybe the last time yeah. for Drew Brees. Who knows?
2: Could be. Could be. Saints have a significant special teams advantage, and I do think the Bucks D is the worst unit of the four. But I also think getting Devin White back helps against Kamara and all those crossing routes you'll yes. see with Michael Thomas. And the middle of the field is really important to me with Um, You know, David and White there against how the Saints play offense. Again, I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think it's kind of a coin flip, too. So I'll definitely take the dog and I'm going to take him to win.
1: and the Buccaneers defense, it's not like that's a bad unit. So if that's the worst unit of the four, these are pretty complete teams we're talking about. And uh, getting White back is huge for Tampa. And their defense started out like gangbusters on the year. Faltered a little bit. Saints defense was trying to figure things out up and down throughout the year. Has played really good. Lately, which is why I give the edge to New Orleans. Oh, man, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun divisional playoff games. And then we'll talk NFC, AFC championship games. We're going to have more coach and GM hires. A ton of draft talk. But next show, Monday, will be about breaking down all the games that we see this Saturday and Sunday. Come back right here. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show.